Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Torture Fan Bases podcast. Uh, tonight it is myself and my good friend Fife. How you doing, Will? What's up, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, I am watching the Twins beat the ever living crap out of the New York Yankees, so I'm I don't think I could be that. better. I'm also watching that. It Dude, is eleven zero. So I was uh I looked at the game during the during my work hours. I was like, oh man, we're playing the Yankees. We're definitely gonna lose. And so I go, I leave my house to play soccer, and I'm like, at least I don't have to watch the first three innings. And I get back to my phone when I'm leaving to go home, and I see Twins put up a nine spot in the first inning, and I'm like, I'm going to go home and flip this game on, and by the end of our podcast, we will have lost this game. <laughs> um, so I guess that's my bold prediction. The Twins are up 11-0 to zero in the bottom of the fourth with no outs, and we're still going to lose the game. So I mean, I, I turned it on when it was 1-0, and they put up a nine spot in the first. And even the the twins, because I'm watching the twins feed, not the Yankees feed. And even they said, "Well, they're up eleven to, to nothing, but no lead is safe in Minnesota." So yeah, so the Yankees have quite a reputation in Minnesota for destroying our hearts during the postseason. Um, we uh we we hate the Yankees. Like there's not really there's really not that many rivals for the Twins. You know, like you're gonna have the division rivals like uh Chicago, the White Sox, and. Uh, the Guardians and the Tigers and stuff like that. But the Tigers suck right now. The White Sox are, they're okay. Uh, we just beat them in a series. Uh, the Guardians are pretty good. But the team that's like the vilest and the most hated in Twins territory is probably the New York Yankees. I mean, I would so always get to see them lose. Well, and I'm, I assume it probably used to be Milwaukee before they moved to the National League. Yeah, I would really love for the Brewers and the Twins to be in the same division because it it's not... Yeah. Well, we we play like four games a year, and it used to be a pretty big deal. They would have the three games in each home city every single year. We made sure we did that, but they would have them on weekends, and so it'd be like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so I remember when we were kids, we took a trip with all of our church friends or Brewers fans. We went over to the Metrodome, Minnesota, and we went to a couple Twins games, and we loved the Twins Brewers games, and we ate a bunch of pizza, and it was a great weekend. And then a couple of years ago, they decided to start doing two game series and to do them on like weeknights. And it sucks, man. Like, it's so bad because I was I was going to school and in, in uh, southern Wisconsin. I was like, man, if it was a Saturday night, I could go to the game. But a Tuesday night when I have school in the morning, like I just can't justify going to a seven or eight o'clock game. It was it was so frustrating. So I, I would love for them to have been in the same division so I could actually enjoy it. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I've lived my whole life with the Brewers in the NL Central, and it just doesn't, like, it's never felt right. They don't feel like an NL Central team. Mm -hmm. They don't even really feel like a National League team because they weren't for so many years. Yeah, like, no, I totally Cubs, agree. Cardinals, Reds, Pirates, got it. I mean, a lot of people aren't haven't been alive long enough to remember that the Reds used to be in the NL West for mm -hmm. decades. Which is just wacky when you think of yeah. it. Like. Cincinnati is farther east than I am right now in New Orleans. Um, <laughs> well, the Braves used to be in the NL East, too. The Braves are in the NL East. Or, sorry, the, the NL West. Sorry, they used to be in the NL West with the Reds. It used to be, what, I think it was the Astros, the Dodgers, the Padres, oh, Reds, yeah. and Braves. Those, the, just the thinking of those road trips just, just give me heartburn. Oh, yeah. What a what a. Hey, time. fun topic here. Um. Well, I'm kind of thinking of it. What about a potential expansion team in Salt Lake City, Utah? I saw that. Yeah. What do you think about that, man? I think that'd be super cool. I think the issue would be 
where they go because that would be the 31st team and so we'd end up like hockey uh when they added i think when they added the knights that brought them to 31 and they had odd number in uh on one side uh, well actually they had four divisions so it didn't really matter but one one division had more uh and so yeah. i'm curious what they would do with the with a team like that but i think that'd be super cool they would definitely add a second team they would do 32 teams and then they would have yeah. four divisions of four teams each and so I think that gives us the potential for significant realignment. Oh, yes. I would hope if they're doing that, that they would kind of shuffle the AL and NL teams. Uh, you don't have to go super crazy. Like, I don't think putting the Mets and the Yankees in the same division would be the best idea. I don't think the city of New York could take 13 matchups every single year. But you could do some pretty fun stuff and create some pretty new rivalries and emphasize some new AL-NL rivalries if they were to just do that. So I think the expansion would be an amazing thing for the game. Listen, I've already thought in depth about this. Where are we going? Like Where is Commissioner Fife taking us? We're getting a new team in Charlotte. Okay, yeah, that's good. And we're getting a team in Mexico City. Mexico City is going to be a tough sell for a lot of baseball fans uh well i've heard bad things about like the quality of baseball fields was the sorry not baseball the soccer and football fields not soccer football fields when they did that mexico city game they ran into a ton of issues so as long as you iron that out that'd be super cool i I think that's more than doable okay and we we realign everything right we have you have team names um so what i think would be cool is the nickname of Charlotte is the Queen City, which is like every Cincinnati's the same way. It's a bunch of cities are named that. So yeah. let's let's bring back a Negro League's name. Let's call okay. them the, the Charlotte Monarchs. Yeah. Let's use the Can- I mean, Kansas City Monarchs logos. Let's I'm partial that. to that being Kansas City though. Like I would I think that'd be cool. But I want to get it back a- in the game. No, yeah, but if there was like a Negro Leagues team that played near Charlotte, I should know that I don't. Using their name, I think it'd be pretty cool. Like, yeah, I mean, the Monarchs are incredible. Oh, Anthony Rizzo just hit a tank to right, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, using the Monarchs would be cool, but I mean, I'd rather have the Kansas City Monarchs than the Kansas City Royals, if I'm honest. I mean, yeah, but like the Monarchs is the name everybody knows. That's right? true. I can't, I can't disagree. I mean, it's just Jackie Robinson, right? Like that, he made it so famous. Well, I mean, Satchel Paige played there too. Yeah, but let's be honest. If you pull up a casual baseball fan on the street, you ask them who Satchel Paige is, you're going to get a blank stare. A lot of people know who Satchel Paige is. I think a lot of people don't realize how much time he spent in the Negro Leagues. Yeah, he was like 42 when he jumped to the big leagues. Yes, I, I think that's still... something people don't realize is he spent... Like there's a a couple of guys in in history, like uh, one of the guys who just got in the Hall of Fame, um, Minnie Minoso, famous twin, right? Yeah, big fan. He was kept out for a number of years because the Negro Leagues weren't considered major leagues by Major League Baseball, and so they discounted some of his stats. He didn't play there too many years, but he still played in the Negro Leagues. Satchel Paige, the Satchel Paige played most of his career in the Negro Leagues, and people just kind of forget that i think what's incredible is he jumped to the big leagues at 42 and, and he dominated. still made a mockery yeah. of big Very league good. hitters with his stuff i mean yeah. so if you guys have ever read um if you're looking for a great baseball book fife and i both read this it's called the baseball 100 by uh i think it's like joe posnanski yeah. yeah who's a very famous he, he's a very good baseball writer yeah uh this is a heck of a read um it's it's the top 100 baseball players in his opinion and they're ranked 
And it was probably one of the not coolest just on things I've skill, ever read. But imp- like just overall importance. Yeah, and there's like a four or five page bio on every single player. Uh, and he talked, I mean, Satchel Page is obviously in there. I don't know what number he is, but he's got guys from the Negro Leagues that I had no idea existed until I started reading this book. It was honestly one of the best books I've ever read. It's it's awesome what's been happening the last few years with, you know, once the once Major League Baseball officially recognized, and I say that with air quotes that nobody can see, that the Negro Leagues were in fact major leagues, right? Lowercase major leagues, like they were a top flight, a top level of professional baseball. Now all the stories are coming out and there's been a ton of, you know, people are digging up stats and it's fantastic because, you know, the, the, the damage of not calling them major leagues for so many years meant that people thought their contributions were less valuable, like they're minor leaguers and they weren't, they were, full-fledged professional high quality baseball leagues you know and so now people are just digging the stories up i was at a mall in milwaukee and there was a guy named dennis biddle who was there raising money for i think some kind of foundation i forget what it was but he was selling like autographs and baseball cards and autograph baseball and he was like 20 bucks for it and so i was like oh yeah that's cool and so he had like his rookie card from the Negro Leagues and I got his autograph baseball and we were talking. He's like, you know, I beat Satchel Page in my rookie year. I was like, you beat Satchel Page? This was like in the 50s, y'all. I mean, this was not 1930 or something like that. I have to go back and look at that rookie card. Uh, but I actually met someone who beat Satchel Page. I got a picture with him. I was like, what are the odds that he's in some random mall in Milwaukee, man? That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah, I was like, yeah. this is baseball royalty right here. Like, the amount of people that this guy has interacted with that have gone on to stardom is absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, the Mexico City team, actually what I would do is there's already, and th- some people might not like this, they already have a team there in the Mexican League Okay, called the Diablos. I would just buy that name because that's a, that's a cool name. The Mexico City Diablos, that's a cool name. Yeah. Even very though the cool devout Christian, I'm going to give it to you. That's a pretty cool name. <laughs> yeah. And then total total realignment, it would absolutely work perfectly. Milwaukee's yes. now playing in. Now we have a, a north, a south, an east, and a west, and all four are in, in both leagues. Mm-hmm. Right. And we do geographic. We don't do any of this. We got to, you know, match teams. We do geographic. Right. So, like the. I think the Rays would now be in the NL and they'd be playing the Marlins and the Braves and Charlotte, right? So they're all right there in that little group. You move over to the, uh, some of them, you got to kind of be a little weird. Like I think the AL, it would be Mexico city, Texas Rangers, Houston Astros. Astros. And then I think I had, you have to reach for like Kansas city because that's, they're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I'm going to nominate my my town, uh, New Orleans. We used to have a AAA team, and now yeah, we don't. the baby cakes, baby, dude. I I was really disappointed about that. We talked about that already. Um, I would love for New Orleans to have a professional base, be cool. baseball team, uh, cool. and that would fit into the the South. So you know, we're going for 32. Might as well go for 33. Yeah, I think it's going to be odd. I mean, man, Rob Manfred's already said that like until we figure out what's going on with Oakland and Tampa, nothing. Uh, expansion is not really a, a thing right now. No, that's totally fair. If Oakland, y'all are unaware, um, we'll, we'll give you a little background. Oakland, um, is one of the poorest teams. If you ever watch Moneyball, uh, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna get they it. They got they got money. They just refuse to spend it. That's true. They claim and, that they're poor. Um, yeah. 
and so they they're just not a great baseball city ownership doesn't really care and they're just kind of like the bane of all of baseball's existence uh the rays just can't sell anything like they are 13 and 0 right now which we're going to jump into here in a second and they are trying their best to move out of tampa they can't get the funds to buy a new stadium they want to split their time between tampa and montreal they're doing anything they can to just get leverage over the city of tampa to get a new city or a new building yeah they're both both teams are kind of in that route where they're they're in this battle for funding for stadiums i mean the rays the trop is a dump it's an indoor ballpark in tampa yeah the coliseum in oakland is terrible and the weird thing is the rays are good they're one of the best smartest teams in baseball year in and year out but they can't get a new stadium and I kind of agree with them, right? Because, you know, Miami is let's, or that the South South Florida is not exactly the most, uh, uh, they don't have the most integrity, let's say in their government functions, right? The the Marlins is probably going to saddle Miami with bankruptcy or with uh, gigantic amounts of debt until Miami is eventually consumed by the sea. And Oakland seems like they're doing as much as they possibly can to be as bad as they can this year to try and get Las Vegas to buy them a stadium. They're trying to move to Las Vegas. Just like the Raiders, man. And Las Vegas, they're not really, they they want, because it's really kind of the debate on public funding for sports stadiums Mm -hmm. that, A, it's an absolutely terrible idea, but the A's basically want either city to fund as much as they can, as much as the taxpayers can on their new stadium and then keep all the profits and neither city really wants to do that. Which is fair from a city's and taxpayers yeah. perspective. That should not be the burden of the taxpayer. Yeah. And Las Vegas isn't really seeming like they want to do it. And Oakland has kind of failed to have a good plan for years. So it seems like they're trying to be as bad as they can to kind of force Oakland, the city of Oakland's hand and say, Hey, if you don't give us a, a good stadium, we're gone. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes That's true. until, while uh, while uh, we're uh, kind of on the topic though, let's, let's switch over to the Tampa Bay Rays, man. Yeah, buddy. Um, as of recording four thirteen, April 13th at seven twenty eight PM, they are 13 and O with no end in sight to their dominance. Yeah, they, they are the best team in baseball right now and you know what anybody that says look at the schedule look who they played take a hike i don't really care they're good the rays are really it is it is so hard to sweep a series in the mlb it's just so dang hard to win three straight games against any team you know even if you're playing even if you know the rays are playing the worst team in the league rays playing the oakland days which they did i think and they've been um, the Nationals too, so. Yeah, like they're not, we're not going to sit there and be like, yeah, they got some crazy, crazy teams that they've beaten. But goodness gracious, they are beating the crap out of teams, man. Like these are not 13 straight one run, one run games. Uh, they won nine to three today. They beat the snot out of some of the Red Sox. They have been playing awesome. Oh yeah, they're killing it. Look, I've been on the Wander Franco train for a while now, and uh, he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty good at the baseball thing. Yeah, I think uh, everyone is kind of realizing that. And then they they did a, a raise thing. They locked him up, dude. They locked him up into a uh, a long term deal. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, he before got a... the start of his uh, really his career started to take off, and they're just kind of 
reaping the benefits of that right now because he is locked in. Yeah, they well, when you look at the Dodgers, because you got all these all these guys that are uh, these front office guys that are former Rays guys, right? And the guy that's running the show in L.A. right now, Andrew Friedman, used to be a Rays executive. They were mm-hmm. smart. They had no money. They did some really great things, and then he got a good job. And now that he has a job that has actual money, he goes out and gets anybody he wants and still wins. But to give Andrew Friedman credit, he's doing smart things with money. Yeah, yeah. He's it's not just, Heim he's Bloom. Well, yeah, because Heim Bloom was a Rays guy too, and he's doing and dumb things with money. The Rays forever, no matter who they have, no matter who moves on, they've just kind of been the same, right? They're trying to be as smart as they can and do as many great analytical things as they can without spending much money. Except mm-hmm. now they finally realized, hey, we spend a little bit of money we can be even better because they signed up one. They extended Wander Franco through what are undoubtedly going to be his main peak years. Yeah. They had a, gave a pretty decent contract to Tyler Glasnow. I mean, I, I don't think they extended him really. They just kind of moved through his arbitration years, but they still gave him a pretty decent amount of money with the intended. It looks like they're going to try and resign him. Yeah. They're I mean, actually spending money on guys. So the Franco contract is 11 years for 182. And contrast that to Trey Turner this offseason. Also an 11-year deal for $300 million. And the Phillies who signed Trey Turner are going to get probably five or six years of elite production from Trey Turner. And then he's probably going to start getting worse. You know, it's going to be the D word, the decline. Um, yeah. I mean, even then, Franco, just he is the 22 he years old, man. Insane. Yeah, 22 years old, he's only going to get better, and his contract is going to be up when he's 33, and so that means that he could potentially have another nice little payday coming his way, you know, a four or five year deal for 150, you know, depending on what the salaries look like then. So like this is, it's kind of capping his earning potential, of course, because if he does what he does or what we project him to do, and then hits free agency at 2027 2028 when he's 26 years old he's going to get an amazing contract but he's like i will take 182 million dollars of non-income taxed money in florida i mean he's just he's just such a good hitter he never strikes out he doesn't hit the ball tremendously hard but he's got a a pretty decent barrel rate he's actually a really good defensive shortstop he's just he's an amazing player and he's Mm -hmm. 22 he's 22 years old yeah i mean we're talking about like Juan Soto age you know he didn't get up to the big leagues at 19 like Juan Soto did he got up when he was it looks like he was was 20 20 yeah Yeah, he was 20 and he was still good he was really good then yeah so so far this year guys um in 50 at bats usually uh how many at bats in a season five like 500 600 at bats yeah these these days it's like five to seven hundred five hundred seven hundred is like the top we're gonna we're just gonna kind of read off his stat line here. Uh, over fifty at bats, he's already accumulated one WAR. So if he keeps that up, that's a ten WAR season. He's got four bombs, seventeen hits. Uh, he's driven in twelve, three steals. His on base percentage is three seventy seven, slugging seven twenty, OPS of one thousand ninety seven for an OPS plus of two hundred seven. Is he gonna keep that pace up? No, that's unsustainable. Probably but not. He's still is good. he tearing the cover off the ball? One hundred percent. I mean his his career his career averages his one sixty two game average right now 
is a 287, 340, 801 slash line for a 129 OPS plus. That would put I would you take that. I would take that yeah. for a shortstop any day of the week. Yeah, and he's just a fantastic player. I I love Juan Soto. Uh, There's another Franco. Yeah, whatever. Franco Franco. We like them both. Yeah. Well, it, one last thing on Franco, like he's not bad with the glove either. No, yeah, he's he's. I mean, he's top two percent and outs above average at shortstop, which is mm-hmm. a very tough defensive position. He's yeah. very good. Now I do have to ask you about a a player mm-hmm. that you might potentially be missing. Are you missing Luis Arise right now, dude? I knew you're gonna. Yes, um, guys. Luis Arise might be the best hitter in baseball right now. You know, I, I'm not gonna give him that. Well, yeah, I will I give am. him that. I I'm will give him, give him that. Luis Arise is definitely the best hitter in baseball. We'll say he's the most polished hitter in baseball. He's not gonna hit a bunch of homers. He's only got one on the year, um, but he is batting 500. Guys, would you like he would has you like to hear a slash line. Yeah, please. He's hitting five a 500 average. So he's got 46 at bats. Half those have been base hits, which is insane. Like this five isn't 10 for 20. This isn't five for 10. This is 23 for 46. Yeah, a uh, 558 on base percentage. The best of all time is 609. Barry Bonds. Yes. Yeah. His OPS is 1254. I mean, he's he's amazing. Mm-hmm. With like a. <laughs> Very lower end hard hit rate. He does not hit the ball very hard. Guys, here's but the deal. He doesn't strike out and he walks a lot more than he strikes out. Here's the deal. He is 26 years old. So at, earlier in the offseason, it was pretty much like, I don't want to say a foregone conclusion that the Twins wanted to trade him for pitching, but they had decided that he's a first baseman, right? And so his position versatility and his positional value is just really low. You can get a decent first baseman for very cheap. Um, and so the twins are like, all right, well, we project his value at a starting pitcher plus, uh, the Rays or excuse me, the Marlins are like, no, we will do straight up Arias for Lopez. And if the twins would have done that deal, the twins would have lost that deal probably nine times out of 10. Um, the twins got back a borderline top 100 prospect in Jose Salas and then a really high upside prospect in Byron Churio. You needed to get those two prospects to make this trade look decent at this point. Because of how good a rise is. Now, is he going to bat 500 all year? Not no. a chance. Is no. he going to bat 330? Probably a pretty good shot that he's going to bat 330 this he, year. He's a career 308 hitter, so yeah. Well, his 162 game average is 320, dude. I mean, he's, well, I mean, he's a 320 hitter. I don't know if you're seeing 308. Maybe we're on different websites, but I see a 320 oh. average. That's fair. He's, he's a great hitter. Um, and I, I mean, I called it, dude, in the offseason in that park in Lone Depot Park, where the corners and the, the outfield gaps are as big as the Grand Canyon, Luis Arise is going to drive the ball, and he's going to get some base hits. Um, I'm so excited for him. He's still one of my favorite players in the league, and he's only getting better. He's 26. Uh, and, and that's not to take away from Pablo Lopez, because this is like one of those rare trades where it's like both teams can legitimately make a case that they want it. Because Pablo Lopez has been pitching like an ace. right? His last outing was against the White Sox two days ago. Um, three days ago, whatever it was. And the first four batters reach base and he retires the next 23. Um, and he probably could have finished the game if he didn't run out of pitches. Like he was at 99 and Baldelli came out and got him. Uh, but he was absolutely just making guys look ridiculous. So 
I'm going to be interested to revisit this at the end of the year to see who actually won this trade. But so far, this is definitely a win-win. But I, I really miss Louis Arise. You know what? I got a, I got a little bit of a hot take. Are you okay Send with it. that? Yeah. I don't think it really matters who wins the trade or who doesn't. If you get better and you feel your need, it doesn't matter if you won the trade or not. It's the economist in me that wants to look at the opportunity cost. And so I always want to know, like, did yeah. I win this trade? Did I did we win this decision? So I totally get what you're saying. Like, yeah, uh, the Twins weren't hurting for a second baseman or first baseman who could hit. We have about four or five of those on our roster. We were hurting for high-end starting pitching, and we got a high-end starting pitcher. Now, um, the Marlins have a bit of control over Louie. Um, and I think that they're going to, if they re-sign him and the twins don't re-sign Pablo, there's a, there's going to be a lot of questions given to Falvey and Baldelli and Falvey and Baldelli and uh, Levine. Um, we should try to lock up Pablo because we just introduced a sweeper, uh, which is a new pitch. that's kind of taken the baseball world by storm. Yeah, Joe Ryan's I think throwing one, one of those these days. What was that? Joe Ryan's throwing one of these days. Yeah, Joe Ryan looks good tonight, man. So oh, we'll, we'll talk through a sweeper. The sweeper so they're like combining a, a curve or a slider and a cutter, which did you see the Philly scoreboard operator? What he called that? Yeah, pitch? the slutter. Yeah, he called it a slutter. <laughs> um, it's called a sweeper, guys. This is a family show. Uh, but it's just, it's a slider with less horizontal movement and a bit more vertical bite from what I'm seeing from these pitchers. And they're just making a little bit harder for the batters to track because they're making it like the, the movement horizontally of a cutter, but with the dip of a, slider yeah it, it, it kind of it looks it looks a lot like a a cutter that's tumbling not kind of like a power slider type deal well sorta it it because a power slider still has a really defined like arc it's it's dropping that's true but you're giving the, up the cutter distance look, for speed yeah the sweeper if you look at it it looks a lot more like a like a cutter that's just like tumbling Right, it's yeah. dropping a little bit, or it's moving a little bit, and it's dropping quite a bit. So I, I don't know. It's just the the team's obsession with trying to find new stuff. I mean, the sweeper started becoming a thing the last two years. The the Yankees were really on the sweeper train early. They're also bringing back the sinker. The sinker mm -hmm. ball was basically dead in Major League Baseball, and now everyone's throwing, you know, 99-mile-an-hour sinkers. What's the thing? The last time the sinker was in vogue was when the Twins were throwing 88, 90-mile-an-hour sinker ballers out there like Nick Blackburn and hoping they would just drive into the ground under the tutelage of Rick Anderson as a pitching coach. Yeah, and um, the they weren't sinkers nowadays are Jordan Hicks throwing 102, and, like, that's a different pitch, man. Yeah, and, you know, guys weren't tunneling pitches. They weren't throwing pitches that look exactly like – it's the teams are creating new weird stuff all the time. I mean, I don't know why I thought that I thought that this pitch was just a slurve. I mean, the slurve is already a pitch. It's in between a curveball and a slider, right? I think the slurve is a little bit slower though. So was, yeah, I don't know. That's as soon as I saw the sweeper, I was like, is that not a slurve? Is that, is that not what this is? I think I think that's what they're getting at. It's just a bit faster because I think yeah. Pablo's throwing his in the higher 80s. You know, I could look it up, but I'm yeah. lazy. Well, I mean, um, even the cutter, like the cutter, used to be a, a kind of a specialty pitch, mainly for guys that wanted like guys that threw a two seam fastball and they wanted a, a fastball that kind of broke the opposite way. Mm -hmm. And now it's just you throw, you know, upper 90s with a good amount of spin. Yeah, let's throw a cutter. Let's get yeah. something that moves.
Well, and you got guys that are pumping cutters in at 100 miles an hour, like Garrett Cole, too, which makes it a much more effective pitch, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's you get all, yeah, because they kind of look really similar to a slider coming out of the hand. And, you know, if you got 14 inches of break difference and one's at 99 and one's at 90, yeah, that's that's not going to work. You're not going to hit that. Yeah. Fun anecdote here. Um, I, I really wish Fife, uh, that uh, Thompson was here to comment on it. One of the billboards behind the catcher at Yankee Stadium, Dunkin' Donuts. Oh boy, I I didn't think that was a New York thing. I I'm gonna you know all the Bostonians I meet from here on out, I am gonna ask how they feel about Dunkin' sponsoring the Yankees. I don't think they really care. Yeah, really? I don't know. I, I'm not a coffee guy, so I don't know. That's fair. I don't get into the coffee wars. You know? Yeah. Well, here's the issue, man. Is uh, I love coffee. So, but I'm dumb about it. I like going to coffee shops. See, that's fine. So I, I don't want to have smell. I love the smell of coffee. I don't yeah. like coffee to drink. It's awful. Well, like Taylor and I have a coffee maker. I would rather go walk to a coffee shop and pay $5 for a cup of cold brew than make it myself. Yeah. That's the <laughs> issue. So, um, have you noticed anything weird that happened since we last recorded in the world of baseball, because I got one. Um, let's talk about the lookouts, dude. Yeah, well, the Reds organization in total. So last year, something very weird happened. The Reds, with Hunter Green, threw a no-hitter and still lost the game, which is possible. Mm-hmm. He did not give up any actual recorded base hits. They walked a run in, and they lost the game one to nothing, having no-hit the Pirates. That seems kind of weird, right? Yes. And some of that is just the way that baseball scores things, you know, whatever, errors and all that. It, it's still weird. The Chattanooga Lookouts, who happen to be the Cincinnati Reds double-A team. Well, let's make a note. If you lose a no-hitter, you typically lose it one to zero. Yes, that, that, that has happened, but very rarely. The Chattanooga Lookouts, who are the Reds' double-A team, happened to win a game this past week. The game was 7-5. to five. Would you like to guess how many hits that the Chattanooga Lookouts had in that seven-run game? I'm going to go out on a limb here, and considering we were talking about it all week, they had zero hits. They had zero hits. They won a game 7-5 to five without having a single hit. <laughs> Yeah, guys, this was absolute. Once Fife sent this in our group chat with our with uh, Thompson and I, I could not believe how cool that was. Oh yeah, so they were playing the the Rocket City Trash Pandas or the the Angels affiliate, the Los Angeles Angels. The Trash Pandas were up three to nothing in the seventh inning with a no hitter going. They give up seven runs in that inning and lose the game seven to five. So without I've having got, a single recorded hit, there were six walks, I've three got hit the, by uh, pitches, and I think an error or two. I've got the the picture he sent up. I'm gonna read you guys what each batter did in the in the seventh inning. So there was a walk, and there's another walk, fly out, another walk, a strikeout. After that, a walk to drive in a run, an error on the center fielder to drive in a run, a which was a pitch. true error. It was yeah, it wasn't hit a, by a pitch, hit. hit by pitch, hit by pitch, walk hit by pitch, and then a strikeout seven runs later. <laughs> and the guy that was on the mound 
to start this was uh, Ben Joyce, the the Tennessee flamethrower from the last couple years from yeah. uh, college. He was the guy that started it out. Gave up five runs with four walks. That's incredible. <laughs> Just at like, I, I kind of hate the whole cliche that once the game starts, anything can happen. It's a game of infinite possibilities. But it, like sometimes you get weird stuff like this that like, how, how does that even happen? Like there will, there will never be, this is like the equivalent of if like a football team, like they scored a bunch of touchdowns, like they scored like five touchdowns, but every single one of them, like they didn't have an actual, like any yards. It was all just like penalties. They just got penalties one after the other. And you recover five, you recover five fumbles in the end zone. Yeah, like that like that's essentially what it is. Like you just yeah. keep getting like pass interference calls in the end zone so it's a touchdown and like that's the equivalent. It's just weird. Like well, what I got from that is you haven't watched football. But I, forgive my co-host. But I I don't I can't keep track of their dumb rules changes. I got to deal with the baseball rules changes. That's true. Uh check in on those. They've been great. Um, outside yeah. of the Manfred man, I still don't like that rule, even though I benefited the wow. twins twice this week. Um, yeah, I'm still, still a fan of the pitch clock, still a fan of everything that's happening right now. More, more stolen bases is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I don't, I don't think the shift band's really doing a whole lot. I mean, nobody thought it no. would, and it's really not doing a whole lot. I don't think, but yeah, I mean, the game's definitely faster. It's, it's down by almost half an hour. Um, I'm actually going to the Reds game tomorrow night, so we'll see oh, how nice. that works. Should I'm, be back. Uh, back home at like 9 30 dude uh, well see here's the thing i'm i'm not yet sure how i'm supposed to navigate the game because usually what i'll do is i'll get there early i'll get my my beer and a slice of pizza i'll wait for the game to start and then maybe fourth inning fifth inning i'll probably get up and go get something else to eat you know a little snack or something mm-hmm. i don't know if i'm gonna have time for that no you're not so I don't, I, do I need to just buy everything at once when the game starts? I don't Here's know. my million dollar idea. Um, we need to get Uber Eats for stadiums. So it's like, you just have runners and their whole job is to go, you like order on your phone. You're like, I want nachos, a pizza and a beer. And uh, does it? All right. Well, yeah, this you, is why I'm not a millionaire. You get, you get certain seats down. They have that service. Also, that is, that is a thing. You've heard of vendors, right? Stadium vendors. Well, yeah, but like they come to you and they're like, Fikes, yes. here's your order. You don't have to wait for the guy that's screaming about hot dogs that have been sitting in lukewarm water for the last two hours. How dare you? Yeah, I'm that guy. This is a I, staple of baseball. Some guy in a weird pitch, in a weird accent, yelling hot dogs, beer. That is a staple. If I didn't have that, I would feel left out. How dare you? I, what can I say, man? I, I, I want change for change's sake. That's why I like these rules. Well, see, I, I'm, a, I'm a stadium minimalist. I, am, I hate all the random stuff that's at the stadiums now to distract you. Like, it, you're in there for a baseball game. I don't care if there's this random store. Just watch the game. That's just watch fair. the game. That's fair. If anyone just heard me take a deep breath, um, Aaron Judge just strolled up to the plate. Uh, two outs, runner on first. So uh, if you hear a gosh darn it or a dang it, just imagine how far that baseball went. I will say we've uh, the pitch clock's going over pretty well. I don't, I don't, there haven't been too many issues with it. I mean, I think most of them got kind of ironed out in spring training. 
mm-hmm. there's been just a couple of of issues of it being weird like when manny machado just forgot the rules and then yeah. got tossed <laughs> yeah i mean but at the end of the day like those there's there's gonna be hiccups but generally like the batters are adept to it the, the pitchers are everyone's tracking on it it's 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 going over well and i think a lot of people are warming up to it too because like you said the pace of the games has been great i mean yeah. some of the games are starting at like 6 40 uh, and so i go to the gym you know five or six to seven and i'm rushing home just to watch the second half of the game uh because i know it's only going to be two and a half hours now it's not three three and a half hours and i love that i really do and you know you don't really notice because i I, whenever uh spring training started they started like doing those uh those picture in picture shots where they would show like the slowest pitchers of yesteryear against some of the new pitch clock stuff and it was just like painfully slow to watch how much time they were taking between pitches like minutes in mm-hmm. between pitches and they do a and now we get a whole inning in i'm not saying we need to speed up the game and it's we got to get over as quick as we can but like wasting all taking all the time that's in between stuff happening i'm perfectly fine with that i mean yeah. it, it's kind of like like going to a, a like a like a televised football game is kind of that way because yeah. they have to do the tv timeouts and all the stuff and you're just like waiting there for like five minutes like okay yeah let's get this game going i don't care about tv no it's so we're dumb. just take we're just eliminating that kind of stuff you know when taylor and i went to a couple lsu games this last year i mean they they go to a tv timeout and the players are just standing around and everyone just kind of standing around and everyone sits down and i'm like yeah just I, no takes one, the no one enjoys it. this it really does and when you're home you're like i don't care about a commercial and but i'd rather i mean i'm the curmudgeon that's like i would rather be at home for a football game so I can eat my own food and not have to stand up the entire time because I like enjoying sit down and wa- sitting down and watching games like you can do at a baseball stadium. That's fair. Uh, but in like college stadiums and stuff like that, when you're in the student section, you had to stand up and so stupid. I mean, I'm over it. I can't say much because I live maybe a 10 minute drive, 15 at most from the ballpark. So I could very easily cook my own food, eat and then go to the game and be fine for the whole time. And I there's still buy it. Yeah. There's still something fun about getting a you know a slice of pizza. Uh, I will say, if y'all ever go to Target Field, uh, in right field on the concourse, there is a mini donuts vendor. Um, I will wait in line 25 minutes for these gosh darn donuts. I will walk halfway across the stadium for these donuts. I oh, mean, the the Reds have got some. They they seem to be up in their uh, their ballpark food game this year. They got some some killer options i gotta go check them out well i mean when they know that the product on the field isn't going to be good they're like what can we do to actually attract fans yeah they got let's see oh they got a one that looks really good they got a smoked pork loin sandwich oh it sounds awesome yeah i'm hungry right now too so this is not helping too (laughs) (laughs) well because usually it's it's like you'll get your like slice of pizza or if you're into you know skyline you'll get your cincinnati chili and there's really not been a whole lot else. And now they got a whole bunch of burger options, which I'm I'm all I'm all for. Ballpark yeah, I offended. Foods, ballpark I, food is on a straight upward trajectory right now, league wide. It is. I offended the entire city of Cincinnati by spending two weeks there for work and not once getting Skyline chili. So that's fine. You know how much I, I, I apologize, I guys. And you know how much Skyline I eat right now? 
Zero. It Almost looks disgusting. None. I love I mean, a good bowl of chili, and it looks bad. Sorry, guys. Someone had to say it. Someone wait, had to tell you. You know who's apparently never had Skyline Chili? Burrow? Take a guess. Joe Burrow. No. Um, I You? I've had Skyline Chili. Joey then Votto. I have no clue. Joey Votto's Joey apparently Votto? never had Skyline Chili. That's a little scandalous. Yeah. Well, I mean, he admitted it, so I don't know how scandalous that is. Well, they love him enough. It's probably not too bad yeah, of a deal. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah, he's That's he's bad. secretly a Gold Star fan. That's what it is. Hey, how are the how are the Reds doing, man? What's the season looking like? That is a sigh. That is Red, a heck of a sigh. The Reds may have the worst bullpen in baseball, to be honest. Not a hey, hot take, but go on. Well, I'm saying, okay, that combined with the fact that David Bell cannot seem to put the right reliever in ever, like they've had some decently some pretty solid pitching performances i mean nick lodolo is he's gonna pitch he pitched today or he's pitching right now before after his last start he was leading the the major leagues in strikeouts i mean he is a legitimate pitcher graham ashcraft legitimate pitcher hunter green kind of been up and down he gave up three runs yesterday but he was pumping gas and then the bullpen just They've lost like five games this year already. It's, I mean, I knew it was going to be bad, but I didn't know it would be this unclutch and bad. I mean, just always putting in the wrong guy, can't get anybody out, walking in runs, maybe the worst, bull, the worst, most unclutch bullpen in baseball. And I get it. I, I don't really believe in clutch, but they just cannot seem to put the right person in ever. And it's it's kind of sad because they're getting some really good performances from their they're young fielders. I mean, Jonathan India's playing well. Spencer Steers playing really well. Yeah, big fan of Spence. All of their outfielders, they because usually they come into the season with a whole bunch of outfield options, and none of them are really that good. And mm-hmm. they seem to be pretty decent, right? TJ Friedel yeah. has, has been manning center a lot. He's been great. Jake Fraley's hitting the ball really well. And also he, I guess, is the inspiration for the little home rut helmet thing. It's like a Viking helmet. I don't know where that came from, but apparently it's How the heck does that fit into Cincinnati? I, I don't know. Uh, the whole league's doing it now, so it's not cool anymore. It's officially not cool anymore. They all got some sort of home run thing going on, and it's How whatever. The twins but do? I don't know. I mean, the only one that's kind of cool is the, uh, the, Otan- or the Angels one. Otani picked a samurai hel- helmet. So, that's fitting. You know, that's kind of cool. It's fitting. Um, I will say the Twins just haven't hit a lot of homers, so I I might have just missed it. That's fair. I, I don't know. Everyone it, they'll come up with something. Everyone's doing it now. It's it's like the the turnover chain in football. Like everyone's doing it now, so it's instantly not cool. But yeah, I mean the Reds are, and some of it's they've they played some decent teams, right? I mean, they're playing the Phillies this weekend, and they're not like horrendous they're four and seven right now and but they've been in a lot of really close games they've gone to extra innings a few times i don't know i mean they've got some some positives but i mean some of the stuff we knew was going to be bad is definitely bad i mean i really kind of thought will benson would be good and he's just not been that great kevin newman not very good 
Will Myers is not really, he needs some more time. Jose Barrero, not been good at all. Did, I, uh, I sent you earlier today, Jose Barrero's, who's their shortstop, his spray chart. And it is maybe the best thing I've ever seen. It's He's got five actual base hits. Four of them are singles. He's a left-handed hitter, so naturally he pulls to the left side. Four of them are singles to the shortstop area, and one of them is a 455-foot blast. <laughs> Four singles and then launch one into orbit. That is... Spray you, chart of a man. Yeah, you may not like it, but that's the ideal male spray chart right there. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. He's just... He's not been very good. I don't know how good he's going to be. Jason Vossler, who was like the league MVP through the first week is just kind of, I mean, he's striking out 38% of the time now. So, I mean, there's definitely some, some hope, but you're kind of getting a lot of what you, what you thought you would. I mean, maybe if they can turn some more of these one run games into wins, they'll be a little better, but there's just, their bullpen is awful. It's, it's bad. Well, I mean, not to change the subject to something more positive, um, but to get off the... You can do that. To get off the, I'm sorry, the Reds suck bandwagon. Uh, the I mean, Twins look, they're, are actually, not, they're not terrible. They're four and seven right now. Oof. They're playing the Phillies right now, and they are actually in, they're winning. They're in the game. Five, they, quick check. The last time we recorded, what was their record? Was it uh, four and two? Yeah. It was. So that means they have not won in the last week and a half. Hey, man, is you know... They're up six two right now on Philadelphia, so that's fair. We'll give you that. Like they're, they're um, not getting blown out. They're not, you know, they're not losing ten run games. They're losing close games. I mean, they played in Atlanta this last series, and every game was close. They lost one game in extra innings. I think they lost a couple of one run games. Like they've been in it every time. They're just they can't the the not having any sort of useful bullpen. Yeah, every single game in Atlanta was a one-run loss. All three of those could easily have been wins, right? That hurts. So, I mean, even if you are a cheap team, having a good or even a decent bullpen does not cost that much money. It does not, no. It it just doesn't cost that much money, and they just are fine with getting non-roster invites and whatever guys that other teams don't want and guys that are kind of borderline prospects and, you know, giving them some time. I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. I'm trying to do the math, but it looks like their bullpen ERA is probably into the fours, almost five, and that's not good. Their starters, excellent. Yeah. Bullpen, not great. Well, speaking Aside of good from starters. Alexis, yes. Yeah, he's, he's been lights out. Speaking of good starters, the Twins, dude. Yeah, um, how about we the have. Twins? So the Twins decided a couple of years ago in 2019 that we don't need pitching if we just, you know, hit the major league record for home runs in a year, mm-hmm. um, which to be fair, you, they won 101 games. This year, the Twins have decided we don't need hitting if we just don't give up any runs. Um, the the rotation's been outstanding. Uh, and some of that's just going to be brought on by early season. Hitters aren't fully adjusted. So um, expect it to adjust back to the mean. Yeah. But Pablo has been better than advertised. Joe Ryan has been great. Uh, functioning as like the number three or four guy. He did Sonny Gray his... is finally healthy after last year, and he is destroying hitters right now. Oh, yeah. Um, he struck out 13 in a seven-inning game. I mean, no starter's gone less than five in, five innings so far. Um, even the games that we're losing, we're not losing 
games where we're giving up eight or nine runs. Uh, it's it's weird. I've never been I've never been a fan of a Twins team that has had a deep and good rotation. And we've got guys sitting at AAA that would be in a lot of big league rotations right now. In Bailey Ober and Louis Varland and Simeon Woods Richardson, guys that the Reds would probably have in their well, maybe not the Reds. They've got a good rotation, but you look at. 15 out of 30 teams, they would take a Bailey Ober who has, you know, 60 starts at the big league level or something like that, or 30 or 40, whatever it is. And they would slot him in as their number four, number five. And he just doesn't fit into the rotation right now because he's the number six guy. Uh, So the rotation's deep. The rotation's effective. Uh, The hitters are starting to come around. We're seeing a bit more offense, just like we're seeing tonight. Michael A. Taylor is leading the team in home runs, which is not sustainable. To tonight. (laughs) Yeah, so um, Joey Gallo was hot for a little bit, and then he started being Joey Gallo again, oh, yeah, striking hurt. out. Yeah. So I, I'm pleased. Um, eight and four right now, and if we pull this one out, we're in the bottom of the seventh here. Uh, we'll be nine and four, and a couple games up on the Guardians and the Central, which really doesn't matter at this time of the year. But I think this is almost like best case scenario for the start of the year. Took two or three from the Astros. We've only lost one series, and that was to the Marlins when they were throwing Sandy Alcantara and Jesus Luzardo, which good luck when you're facing those two back to back. Luzardo was very good. Oh my goodness, dude. He was I, I watched that game. The A's would like having him right now. He was incredible to watch. Um you don't so you don't generally see a lot of lefties pumping triple digits, right? You've got your Josh Haters and Aroldis Chapman and stuff like that. But lefties, just for some reason, maybe there's just fewer of them, don't seem to be in those triple digits, especially not as a starter. Uh Lazardo's tr- touching triple digits, man. He's got some filthy stuff. Wouldn't shock me if the uh the reigning NL Cy Young winner in Sandy Alcantara is not the best starter this year. And that's saying something because Sandy Alcantara put the twins to bed with a nine inning shutout. I mean, it was, it was terrible to watch because I love the twins, but it was amazing just to watch a maestro at work in Sandy Alcantara. That dude is special. Uh, You're not wrong. I mean, he, and the fact that he just throws so many pitches, which is, and he varies his pitch mix so much, which is just not something you really see from starters anymore. Starters like to get in a groove. They like getting first pitch strikes. So they end up throwing lots of fastballs, which, is okay well, the pitches works. are all good yeah like he doesn't have a just, weakness yeah i'm it's it amazes me i'm looking at byron buxton's line right now who byron buxton really good baseball player he's got a 134 mm-hmm. wrc plus right now but a guy with 99th percentile sprint speed has a 4.4 percent walk rate <laughs> yeah that's always been byron though mainly because his I mean, he he's finally come into his role where he's like, man, I'm I can hit the ball really far and do it mm-hmm. a lot, so I'm just gonna do that. Yeah, and it's, it's fun to watch. But one it of the is fastest players in baseball does not walk. Well, and he, he doesn't honestly, run either. He honestly doesn't have a really great on base percentage. He's just mashing the ball. Yeah, <laughs> he's one of those guys where when he connects, um, he, you just watch it fly. Oh, uh, yeah. But he doesn't connect a lot. We'll just say that. Whiff I mean, percentage yeah. is a little higher. Well, you know, his strikeout rate's not that bad, 31%. So that's kind of what you'd look for. And that's actually probably in the low end of, of sluggers. But That's fair. I mean, Joey Gallo's still an amazing player. So. Yeah, amazing So player. how you feeling about uh, tonight was the uh, the debut of Edward Julian. How you feeling about um, that? 
I'm so excited. This is one of the reasons why, as much as I love Louis Arise, like I'm still excited for the twins. Because Julian is kind of a Louis Louis Arise with a little bit more pop. Uh, for those who don't know, he burst on the prospect scene last year, uh, batting 300 at double A with a OBP over 400. And then he went to the Ozona Fall League and went Super Saiyan and batted over 400 with five homers and just absolutely bo- boosted his prospect stock. And then he goes to the WBC for Team Canada and he puts up an OPS of 1.8 and leads the entire tournament in home runs or something crazy like that. Damn, I don't know if he great. led the tournament in home runs, but he was just mashing the ball, dude. Tournament. Um, yeah, he hit his first big league homer tonight. Got his first big league hit, but his approach at the plate was awesome. Um, yeah, he I watched really his debut game, dude. He commands the strike zone. He's taking pitches that are you know sliders just below the zone that a lot of guys are going to swing at. Uh, where did this one go? Okay, Lonick's under it. Cool. Yeah, pop Joe out. Ryan threw seven strong. Love it. Um, yeah, there are a lot anyways, of pitches either. He's been he's been really really efficient. No, they'll take him out though. They'll have. Uh, oh yeah. Cole Sands do the last two innings, which is good, but that's a great start. Uh, but anyways, Eddie Julian's going to be a heck of a player. Um, and he's one of the reasons, I think, why they were okay trading a rise, because he's more of a contact guy. They have him batting leadoff, which I think is the perfect spot for him. His issue is he can't field worth a lick. That's fine. <laughs> so if they're willing to sacrifice a bad second baseman or something like that for him to absolutely mash the cover off the ball, then I'm totally fine with that. I mean, they were willing to put Joey Gallo out in the field, so yeah. Joey Gallo is an outstanding fielder. Yes, he is. He he's an outstanding fielder. He just can't hit. That's true. <laughs> we're balancing out the scales. <laughs> is there anybody else that looks like they're coming up? I mean, the Reds. I I don't know when they're going to bring up some of their their top guys. I, I assume they're going to wait until at least May, maybe mid May, so they can get their extra year of service time. But I, Wins I don't wise, know. Um, we're, we brought up Matt Walner, uh, two-time Twins minor league player of the year. This dude mashes baseballs. He just doesn't hit baseballs a lot. Uh, so if he's, he's, he's that quintessential, uh, you know, they got three and D guys in basketball. We've got three true outcomes guys in baseball. Uh, that's Matt Walner to a T, but I was just listening to a podcast talking about Matt Walner and he's, he's one of those guys where if he puts it together, you're just kind of salivating over it. Um, not, I'm not, I'm not throwing this name out there to, put Matt Walner in this conversation at all, but like an Aaron judge type guy where he put his full potential together last year. And you're like, Oh my goodness. Uh, Walner's more that kind of player. He will never be comparison. Are you doing it? Are you doing it? Uh, No, I'll qualify it. He will never be as good as Aaron judge. That is on Uh, the record made a comparison. He's basically Aaron judge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Crazy, crazy new Orleanian makes insane prediction. That'll be the headline on MLB.com tomorrow. But he he has all the tools, right? He can hit for power. He can hit for a little bit for average, for average in the minors. Uh, he's an outstanding defender. His arm is absolutely insane. I mean, he was recruited and drafted as a pitcher. Um, so he's 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 got potential, and I would love to see him put it together because he would be a wonderful addition to our roster. Dude, Eddie Julian just took a 98-mile-an-hour two-seamer an inch out of the strike zone. How do you not swing at that pitch? Because you're very good. Yeah, goodness gracious. So some of these guys, their command of the strike zone is insane. Yeah, they just know it so well. Yeah. Oh man. Anyways, what else do we want to chat about? What do you got, man? Um, I mean, I I don't really have a whole lot. I mean, baseball's you know chugging along. Yeah. Um, I I, mean, I think we're in a good spot. 
we did get some some good news. Um, I mean, there, there's a, a special fraternity of of baseball pitchers who are just absolute psychopaths doing psychotic stuff on the mound. Liam Ooh, Hendricks speaking is of definitely part of that. Liam Hendricks, oh yeah, and uh, Liam Hendricks officially cancer free now. I don't know. Nobody knows when he's going to be back, but he is cancer free and is going to start doing baseball related stuff. So we'll probably see him at some point this year. So congratulations. Fantastic. Absolutely. Would have been great to see it, to have seen him in the world baseball classic being a psychopath, but you know, that it happens. I brought it up last episode. I'll bring it up again. If you want to watch something funny on YouTube, just go to Liam Hendricks, mic'd up all-star game. You will not stop laughing. I mean, there, I watched should... it the other day. It's incredible. Oh yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely a, uh, uh, an age warning. There's some, some food oh, yeah. language in there, but you know, that's just, he's Australian. That's, that's his thing, you know? Yeah. And you know, cursing like that with an Australian accent is quite hilarious. If I do say so myself. <laughs> oh yeah. You got anything else? I mean, I've I got nothing, man. The world of baseball is I... chugging along. It's it's in a great it's still spot, too in my early opinion. to say a whole lot. I mean, we we could go over some of the weird, you know, early season stats, but that doesn't really do do us much good, you know. No, if you guys do want some fun though, Baseball Reference is doing like on pace stats, uh, and so you can see like, you know, um, someone's on pace for two hundred home runs a week into the season or something like that. So that's kind of fun to look at. But everything will start to average out pretty quick here. We'll get back to normal baseball. Yeah, Luis Arias isn't always going to hit 500, so pretty quick here he might stop getting a hit in half his at bats. Not yeah. confirmed, and but there's a possibility. Yeah, and you know it's uh, baseball's a, a a tough game that's just got so many chances for stuff to happen, and a lot of this stuff just kind of evens out anyway. So even yeah. if somebody's doing fantastic, somebody's doing terrible, it usually ends up evening out at some point. That's true. That's true. All right, y'all. Well, appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week with even more baseball content, bringing you all the weird and wacky stuff that we can possibly find. Uh, we were so excited to bring you guys the one about the Chattanooga lookouts because that was super fun to see. Just baseball being weird, man. You're not going to find that in any other sport. No, that's true. All right. Hope you all have a good week. Thanks for joining. See you next time.